we have an important episode for you today. We are talking about 2024 important tax numbers. Uh, I know you probably love talking ta taxes as much as I, me and Raiden do, but um, they are important numbers to understand, especially when it comes to your 401k contribution limits, your IRA contribution limits. What are the tax brackets going to look like? What's the standard deduction? All these things are integral to uh, making a good financial plan, as well as thinking through some tax strategy for the year and the coming year. So it's a great episode. So we throw some numbers at you. Uh, don't get overwhelmed. There's plenty of ways to get the data. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you that uh, there's two ways you can get all these numbers. I say it again in the episode, but one is you could go to our website, go to pomwealth.net, go to the blog page, and there's a blog article written on this very same topic. And you'll kind of see that along with the explanation. If though you just want the hard numbers and you just want to see what that looks like, we will provide for you all of this. It's like a it's like a worksheet that has all these different numbers and guidelines. All you need to do is contact our office. You can call us, you can email us, uh, and we will send this out to you so that you can get your own copy. Uh, if you are listening to this and you're going, man, I need to really talk to you guys and I, I got some questions, feel free, top right-hand corner of the website, click on schedule call. Our calendar comes right up and you can schedule a 15-minute uh phone call, no cost to you, just to be able to answer and, and talk those questions through. We'd love to be able to talk to you. But before we get into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq. Welcome again to Secure Your Retirement Podcast. Merce and I today are going to be talking to you about something that everybody loves, and that's tax rates. Uh, yeah, it's that time of year again where we uh, are wrapping up 2023. And now they've put out 2024 tax rates and numbers. And so we just feel that it's really good to go ahead and talk through this because some of these things, you're going to want to make adjustments uh, to how you're funding your 401ks potentially. Sometimes people on their 401ks will just do a percentage of their income. Sometimes people do an actual dollar amount. So you want to make sure that if you want a max fund, that you know what those numbers are, as well as... You could get things that would affect your income. And so you kind of need to know the limits of what income is and how you would get taxed on that. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of walk you through uh, a lot of the important numbers for 2024. I will tell you this is if you listen to this and you, man, you, you, you think in all these numbers, there's going to be two things that you can do. One is you can go read our blog or number two, you can uh, call our office or email us through our website and we will send you the uh, the uh, Im important numbers for 2024 checklist that you can have, and you'll have all of them right there for you in, uh, in writing. 
So let's first of all talk a little bit about our federal income tax. Now, I want to set this up just for the 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 a part of it, and then Merce can kind of come back come in on this. And next is that a lot of times people think the way it works when people hear about their tax bracket. So if they hear that they are in the 22, 24, 32 tax percent tax bracket. Some people think, oh, I don't want to hit that tax bracket because now it bumps my taxes up on all the dollars. And we have in the United States what is called a progressive tax code. And what that means is, is that let's just say that I made a certain amount of money and then maybe $1,000 popped into the next pack, uh, tax uh, bracket. Well, only that next little bit of money is what gets taxed at that next bracket. All the other money was at the lower tax bracket. So just keep that in mind, and we'll kind of make a couple of illustrations about this. But, Merce, could you kind of walk us through, I guess, give us the range of brackets and then kind of how they work a little bit? Yeah, and I, it's a good point to point out that the, the progressive tax system, because it can be confusing at times, especially when you're trying to do trying to do some tax planning at the end of the year. Um, the tax rates, uh, those are still the same if you were to compare them to 2023 uh, going into 2024. Those rates are uh, what they've been for a bit now, 10%, 12%. Then we jump up. It's a massive jump from 12 to 22%, then up to 24, then 32, 35, and then it caps out at 37 being the highest marginal tax rate that we have right now. Um, and like Raiden was saying, you have to fill up each one of those starting from the bottom, starting at 10. Uh, and, and so let me, let me just walk through an example, I guess, of let's take, let's say we have someone that earns 250,000 a year, that's their salary. So how is that money taxed? Well, according to the tax system, <clears throat> the first 23,000 of that 250 is going to fall into just make sure you say that's married filing jointly. Yes, I'm sorry, married filing jointly. So there's married filing jointly, and then there's single rates, uh, single uh, uh, ranges. Uh, so they're different for each of those two categories. The the percentage is the same, uh, but the 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 ranges are going to be different if you're married filing jointly versus single. Uh, so let's go with a married filing jointly example. Uh, the the couple makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars together, and so the first 23,200 will be taxed at that 10%. The next, uh, from so from 23,201 to 94,300 is now taxed at uh, 12%. So now we've covered up to 94,000 and some change of that $250,000 earned income. Uh, and then from here, I, I said it earlier, this is a big jump. We go from 12, not to 14, not to 18, but it goes from 12 to the 22% bracket. And a lot of the money is going to be taxed in this bracket. So from <clears throat> from ninety four thousand three hundred one to two hundred one and two two hundred one thousand fifty dollars is now all going to be taxed at that twenty two percent rate. So now we've covered two hundred one thousand and some change of the two hundred fifty of earnings. The next is going to be the twenty four percent bracket is where we're going to stop, and that that bracket the range there. Uh, goes from 201 roughly to 383,000. Now there are things to consider as far as how all of this is actually taxed. And, you know, we've got deductions and we're going to talk about standard deductions and things that can reduce your taxable liability. That's kind of an idea as to how the 
the progressive tax system works. It's not, hey, if I make 250,000, let me go find the bracket. Oh, it's the 24% bracket. All 250,000 is charged at 24%. That's not true. And so what's nice to understand is understand, yeah, what is my top tax bracket or my marginal rate? And then also understand this other word called an effective or an average tax rate. That's that's taking an average of all the dollars paid in taxes over our income. And that usually that percentage is typically lower than our marginal tax rate. So maybe you end up in the 24, but your average or effective tax may be 20 or 17 or something like that. So I think that's a key uh, thing to understand when we're talking about our tax rates. Okay, very good. So now let's move on to another topic here and then um, uh, talk a little bit about how these things work as well. We wanna talk a little bit about what's called long-term capital gains. Now, what what a long-term capital gain means is let's say that I bought something uh, that is uh, in all essence, uh, something that is only taxed over a period over the, after a year, a one year is called long-term capital gain. That's going to be an asset, something like say a piece of property. So it could be land, it could be a house, it could be um, a stock that I own. And if I hold that asset for at least one year, that now transfers into what's called a long-term capital gain, and it gets taxed different than the tax rate that Merce was just talking about. So let's say that I have a stock that I bought at $10,000, and I've held it now for five years, and it's now worth uh, $20,000. I did say $10,000, did not I? Yep. Yeah, so now it's worth $20,000. So the $10,000 of gain that I've got on that stock, if I were to cash it out, is now going to be taxed just on the 10,000 of growth on what's called long-term capital gains. Now, whenever they do the calculation, they basically say, if, if when I look at this, if I've got a gain that's less than $94,000, roughly $94,050 in there, then I don't, uh, or, or and this is looking at all of my income, by the way, not just my gain on that. So if I've got income of less than ninety four thousand five fifty dollars, I don't pay any capital gains. So let's go to the example. I've got fifty thousand dollars of income that that, that I'm going to call income, and then I go cash this in, which now gets me to sixty thousand. Well, I don't owe any capital gain on that tax. If my income is anywhere from ninety four thousand to five hundred eighty three thousand. Well, now all of a sudden I'm going to pay capital gain, but only 15%. And I know I hate using the word only because people go, whoa, 50, 15%. That Just realize that, that that section of money is only going to get paid, charged at 15%, whereas my ordinary income that Merce was just talking about going to be at a much higher tax bracket. If I make more than $583,000 in a year, then my, my um, capital gain tax is going to be 20%. All right. Now, remember, there's different numbers and different thresholds. These were all I was going through were married filing jointly. And so here's a key element. If I've got a highly appreciated stock, we can we can look at that. And what we might do is like, I give, for example, let's say that you today were thinking about selling a highly appreciated stock. It might be beneficial to say, what if we cashed in half of it or a part of it right now? before the end of the year and then cash in the other part at the beginning of the next year, right? Only a couple few weeks between the two, but I spread that over two years instead of in one. So that's a strategy to think through. I hope that you are enjoying the show. 
By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. Yeah. Also, uh, there are other strategies as well that we don't need to go into for today, like tax loss harvesting that a lot of people will consider at the end of the year, direct indexing, all things like that, that can be beneficial to uh, being able to mitigate some taxes here and there. While we're still talking about tax rates, uh, let's go back for a second on um, the tax brackets in general. So I said earlier, the 10, the 12, the 22, 24, and so on. What I forgot to mention is that something that's important to remember uh, coming up here in the future is in, in 2026, our tax rates are set to, everyone's using, using this word of sunset. So uh, sunset, meaning that there is a tax law that is going to expire unless we have some significant uh, uh, political uh, changes that says, let's keep them in place or let's change them. Uh, and so I just wanted to give that example, and maybe that'll give you a bit of an urgency to say, hey, maybe tax planning and tax strategies are something that we really need to consider from 2024 and to, for 2024 and 2025. So for example, the 10%, well, the 10% is going to stay at the 10% bracket. But in 2026, uh, the 12 is now going to go to 15, unless there is some political change. Uh, the uh, 22 is now going to go to the 25, the 24 is going up to the 28, and the 32 is going to stay at the 32. Um, so those middle middle range tax brackets are going up a smidge. And you know a couple percent may not seem like much, but when you put it onto a dollar value, that can mean quite a bit. So I wanted to make sure I, we pointed that out uh, if you're thinking about it. Uh, let me jump into what's also important when it comes to taxation and understanding how much you're going to be paying in taxes, understanding what the standard deduction is. That is basically a, a, a dollar amount that comes right off the top of, of your taxable income uh, uh, or your gross income. And so for this, I will tell you both numbers. There's married filing jointly, and then there is if you're filing single. Uh, for married filing jointly, the standard deduction for 2024 has gone up to 29200 Uh Back in 2020, or this year in 2023, that married filing jointly was 27700 So it went up to, uh, uh, from twenty seven to about twenty nine two. So that has gone up. Uh, the single is 14600 going into 2024. Uh, previously, it was 13850 So these brackets, these ranges, these deductions, they're all somewhat um, uh, adjusted for inflation. And we all know we've had some inflation over the last few years, so these numbers are moving up for us. Um, there's also additional uh, deductions that you would get to say, if you're married, you get some additional uh, deductions, uh, 1550 each for each spouse. And then if you're unmarried, or a head of household, there's an, an additional 1950 You there. did say that's if you're over 65, right? If you're over 65 yeah. or blind. Well, yeah. Um, so those are some additional deductions that certain people would get to add on to the standard as well. So I just want to talk on that just for a second, just so you understand. So let's say that uh, I'm just going to try to give you, let's say I I now make, make uh, $40,000 as an income. 
meaning that's what I got in my paychecks is $40,000. Well, $29,200 is going to come off of the 40 if I'm married filing jointly. $29,200 is going to come off of that income. So I'm only paying tax on a really small amount of my money when I get the cause of that standard deduction. In all essence, if I made 29,200 and I got my deduction, I have no tax. It's as if I made no income that year. So I kind of get to make $29,200 without any tax under the way the tax code is set up today. Just wanted to be clear on what that means when we call it standard deduction. All right, let's jump over and talk a little bit about Social Security. Now, we're not going to go into a tremendous amount of detail on this one. I want to tell you, though, that we did an episode 231, episode 231, where we, along with uh, the enrolled agent that works here in our office, went through Social Security taxation and exactly how it works. Okay, so go back and listen to that. I think it's a great episode. Uh, but here's the, kind of some numbers. If you are working and you're earning an income, you have to pay what is called a COLA tax on all of, the, uh, or not a COLA tax, it's called a FICA tax on all of these, uh, the money that I'm making, which I have to pay in all essence a Social Security tax, money that I'm contributing towards Social Security. What that uh, is based on though is a certain amount of money. And then after that, I don't have to pay the Social Security tax any longer. What that is going to be for 2020 four is $168,600. So if I make $168,600, I'm going to pay that tax for social security all the way up. Now, what if I make 200,000? Well, all of a sudden, once I get above the 168,600, I don't pay that FICA tax for social security. I do for Medicare, but not for social security. Sorry, I was looking at all my notes. What we're saying though, is that we do have a COLA increase that we have been determined that will increase those of us who get social security by 3.2% uh, going into 2024. Um, couple things to keep in mind though, there are limits on how much um, I can um, I can make if I take Social Security before full retirement age. Um, and that limit is if I, um, my full retirement age at $22,320, uh, if I make more than that, then I'm gonna have to uh, I'm going to have some penalty when it comes to my social security. So just keep that in mind. All right. So um, like Raiden said, there is an episode on social security tax and how it's taxed. Just real, I'll give you a quick summary, but you should go listen to that episode. Uh, basically you're, you're in, in general, this moves around a little bit, but your social security can be 0% taxable. It can be 50% taxable, or it can be up to 85% taxable. Uh, a lot of times there's a bit of a misunderstanding that, hey, I paid into Social Security for so long and I'm finally getting my benefits and I cannot believe that they're going to tax me on these benefits. Uh, it all comes down to how much income you earn with Social Security and then what they call combined income. So maybe you have other other things that are generating in income for you. I'm not going to go into the details on that. Just realize that you could have your Social Security could come into taxability at zero, zero or Zero is great, but it could be 50% tax or 85. Again, if you want to fully understand that, Taylor, the enrolled agent in our office, she did a, she, a great explanation on that in that podcast. Okay, so now let's talk about Medicare premiums. Um, so if I get Medicare Part B and Part D, I have to pay a premium. The Part B, though, is what we're going to focus on right this moment, which is we know in now 2024 is going to be $174.70 for me to get my Part B. Um, what is important to understand here 
around this is that it is something called Irma, which is I-R-M-A-A. That's the way when I say Irma, that's the the uh, acronym there. Just remember that that could affect me and I might have a surcharge. Now, we're not going to be able to go into all the detail on that. So I'm going to tell you about episode 222. Episode 222, we went through all of the different parts of Irma um, and they get updated each year. So 2024, we'll go through and do another Irma update. But here's the thing. If I make, if I'm married filing jointly, and I make $206,000 or less, I'm going to have no surcharge on my uh, Medicare Part B. But if I make above that, so I'm between 206 and 258, in addition to my 174.70, I'm going to have an additional surcharge of $69.90. So if I were doing things like I had a really big year of income or uh, I did a big Roth conversion. I, I need to think about all those things because the surcharges can get as high as $419.30 married filing jointly um, uh, of, of 500, I'm sorry, um, $750,000 or more. So just keep that in mind. The surcharges can be strategic. By the way, they only last one year based, based on our income. So if I had a really high income and the next year I took my income down, then it would get adjusted. Okay, so now let's talk about what I think is really important as you start to plan for your savings going into 2024. Like Raiden said at the beginning of the episode, uh, we've got, you know, our 401ks are sometimes set to auto and we say, hey, I'm, I'm saving, I'm doing my job, I've already set the percentage. And maybe a few years ago, you thought you were maxing it out based off of that percentage. Uh, just realize that, that those numbers change as well. And so they have moved up a little bit for 2024. Uh, for when it comes to uh, what they call elective deferrals into a 401k, there's other plans like 403bs or 457s, but just realize we'll, we'll talk about 401ks because typically they're the most common. Uh, 401ks, uh, the contribution, so that's how much you as an employer, I'm sorry, as an employee can put in through your salary deferrals, is uh, has been moved up from it was 22,500 last year. It has now moved up by $500 to $23,000. Also, if you are above the age of 50, you get what's called a catch-up provision that allows you to do an additional $7,500 into the plan. Uh, so that adds to uh, $30,500 that you, as the employee, could be uh, uh, putting into your 401k. Also, by the way, that money, if it's going into pre-tax, gives you a nice little tax benefit. You don't pay taxes on the dollars that go into that. So if you thought maybe four or five years ago you're maxing out and, well, the numbers were different four or five years ago. So check those percentages if you if your intention is to fully max out every single year. The other I would jump to is around traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. That would be the next most common way of funding a retirement plan. There are some things in between. If you have a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, uh, those are uh, those numbers have moved as well. And if you wanna if you wanna know what those are, we'll give give us a call and we'll be happy to let you know. But on traditional IRAs, uh, that is the pre tax IRA uh, and the contribution limit there is 7,000. So that's gone up from 6,500 to 7,000. And in the case of being 50 or older, you still have that catch up of a thousand additional dollars. So in the traditional and the Roth IRA, you could be putting up to 8,000 as well. On the Roth though, there's something very important to understand. Ray, do you want to walk through how, what, what you need to know before funding into a Roth account? Yeah. 
Again, you can get all these numbers. I'm just going to tell you the big part of this. If you make more than 161,000 as a single person, you cannot put money into the Roth. Okay. If you make more than 240,000 married filing jointly, you cannot put money into a Roth. So just remember there is an income limit. The deductibility on a traditional IRA, ultimately, if I am single, if I make more than, um, $87,000, I can't deduct it. If I make more than 143,000, um, as a married filing jointly, I can't deduct it. So just keep those, those numbers in mind. So I think let's jump on over here, uh, Merce, um, uh, to the health savings account. And cause that's the next big thing that we should probably think about. Yeah. And let me add one more thing to the IRA. Um, a, a common question we get is, Hey, I'm retired. I've got income. Can I fund an IRA? The numbers have gone up. I've got 8,000 sitting around. Can I put money in? Uh, it all comes down to what the IRS defines as earned income, which is really important to understand. Earned is, you know, through wages. So it can't be from passive sources like rental income or investment income or even a pension or social security. Uh, it's the only way to fund a traditional or Roth IRA. You have to have earned income through some form of wages. So I just wanted to throw that out there. On the HSA, that's a health savings account. I think it's a very important account. It's turned into a very uh, powerful retirement planning tool. Uh, for health expenses. And then at some point, when you reach the age of 65, it becomes a very even more powerful. Um, so those numbers, uh, when it comes to your ability to contribute to them, again, you get a tax break on the dollars that go in on, in them, uh, is uh, from a con from an individual plan perspective, you can contribute up to $4,150. If you have a family plan, uh, then you can contribute up to $8,300. That number has gone up from 2023. I don't have that right in front of me, but it just realized that it has gone up. So again, just like the 401ks, if you thought you were maxing them out, just like the HSA, double check those numbers if that is your intention to max those out. All right. We know we have gone through a tremendous amount of numbers. I just want to remind you, there's two things you can do. You can go get our blog article which is going to be on our website, pomwealth.net. Go to the blog page. We'll have an article written all on this. In addition, if you would like to get just the numbers with no explanation really, but just all those numbers, we are glad to provide this worksheet to you. You just going to need to get in contact with us and we'll email it over to you so you can have it there in front of you and see all these different guidelines. We hope this has been beneficial. If you have a conversation you'd like to talk to us, you can go to the website, top right-hand corner, click on schedule call. Uh, our calendar comes right up. You can click on that and schedule that call. We're glad to answer any questions that you might have. We hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you again next Monday. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.